So I was on a conference call yesterday with a group of people I'm working on a project on, and they were telling me how excited they are and how the group at the organization was excited, especially the straight guys. And one of the producers on the phone said, yeah, George, the straight guys, they love you. They're such big fans. They really love what George does. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, that's great. I love straight guys. If only more of them would put out. And welcome to another episode of Han Solo, a podcast where I, George Han, talk about things I do by myself, like this show, which is generally an exclusive for my Patreon subscribers, and I thank you all for your ear and for your support, uh, although this is a Friday freebie episode, and I hope you enjoy it. If you want to support not just this podcast, but all of my nonsense on social media, um, or just part of it, <laughs> and uh, on my blog, you can go to georgehan.com support, where you can do a one-time contribution or subscribe on Patreon. Either way, I really appreciate it. Once again, that's georgehan.com support. Um, so thank you in advance for the new people on board. Anyway, moving on. On today's episode, I'm going to talk about the best way to get around town when the United Nations General Assembly is in session. Uh, we just had one of those for the first time in live in person for the first time in two years, three years, because of the pandemic. Uh, a lot of complaints about it. I thought it was kind of fantastic. You know, it was just, there was an energy in town. Yeah, you're locked up in your car because you can't get anywhere because of traffic because the UN locks all that up, but... I I was fine with it, and I will explain why. Um, I'm also going to talk about another visit to the Tin Building. People are going to get sick of me talking about this place, but I want to talk about why I like talking about that place and why I like talking about other, you know, certain people, places, and things of which I'm a big fan uh, because it just because I like them. So, yeah, that's all coming in this episode. But first, and I have to get this off my chest. George Lazenby's one Bond film and Timothy Dalton's two Bond films are, in my opinion, really underrated. Um, why do I think this? I've long been a fan of the much... I'm not sure what the right adjective is to describe how people regard the George Lazenby film, which was, I think, 1970, 69 or 70. It was On Her Majesty's Secret Service was the movie. Sean Connery had just done his last. He said he didn't want to come back again, although he did come back for one more after that. Um, and then he did one on his own in the 80s, which was a remake of Thunderball. It was called Never Say Never Again. But um, On Her Majesty's Secret Service starred a completely unknown George Lazenby. He had zero acting experience. He was a model from Australia and basically hustled his way into Cubby Broccoli's office and got himself a read, as the story goes, and they put him in the goddamn movie like a total unknown. And he got the lead... In the hottest movie franchise, because the Bond movies were hot, right? So, 
crazy story. Anyway, he only did the one movie because he fucked it up for himself. And even he would, you know, there, there's a documentary about it. I forget. It might be on Netflix or Hulu. But there is a George Lazenby documentary about um, his experience doing it. But his movie, On Her Majesty's Secret Service, was, it, it's campy at some points. Uh, but it's a really fun Bond movie. And it's ultimately really kind of sad. You kind of shed a tear for him at the end. I'm not going to give away why. But it's a solid Bond movie and visually stunning. The, 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 the clothes, are, it gets a little off the rails with some ruffles and stuff, but you got to go with it. It's, and the cars are delicious, of course. The gadgetry, the locations, the girls, all of it. So on Her Majesty's, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. And moving on to the 80s, Timothy Dalton with his first, which was The Living Daylights, and then he did License to Kill. I like them both, and I think Dalton was a little ahead of his time. He was a dark Bond. His Bond was dark, coming off Roger Moore, which was almost comedy. I think Roger Moore's last one was View to a Kill, and we had Grace Jones and Tanya Roberts and... Who else was in that? Chris Walken. Like it was, and it was just off the rails. And Roger Moore was just too old. And then along comes Timothy Dalton, who is unknown to most American audiences. I thought he was fantastic. And you look at the movies now, and by contrast, Timothy's portrayal of Bond was dark. Um, not a ton of jokes. I mean, there was some of those like sort of tongue-in-cheek one-liners as they're as was the Bond custom, still is, but um, I liked his Bond, and the movies are a little... One in particular was really dark. I thought the second one that he did, License to Kill, takes place mostly in Key West, Florida, and violent. Benicio Del Toro is in it, actually, one of his first movie gigs, as I understand it. But, yeah, so... Just wanted to put it out there and get this off my chest that Lazenby's and Dalton's Bond films are underrated. They're good movies. Yeah. So if you're a Bond fan and just know the Daniel Craig or maybe if you're new to it, um, get into those. They're fun. Anyway, on to what I wanted to talk about in this episode of Han Solo. I went to Tin Building, as I usually do when I record an episode of Scott Galloway's No Mercy, No Malice podcast, which is an extension of the Prof G podcast. Uh, And so recently, within the last month or so, uh, Jean George, famous chef, just opened his new food hall down at Pier 17, near Fulton Fish Market. It is called Tin Building. It's an old building, but revamped. They put money into this and several restaurants in there. I've talked about it a lot. You can go to their website, Tin, tin T-I-N, Tin Building. And it is wonderful. I've had I've uh, eaten at the French place in there called Tea Brasserie. I've eaten at the Fulton Fish Company where you sit at a counter like a bar. Amazing. Had some raw bar there. Uh, I've been to the vegan place, which is called Seeds and Weeds. Delicious. I'm not. I call myself vegan adjacent because I eat fish and some dairy. And then today, I finally tried the secret 
place, there's no real sign to it. Although there is a sign on the floor, if you're paying attention, if you're looking down. But there is a Chinese place called House of the Red Pearl, and it's behind a curtain, literally. And it's great. It's wonderful. I showed up without a reservation, and I had my folding bike, and they were very kind and, and patient with me with that. Anyway, uh, and I sat down and had an amazing lunch. I started off in the lounge, which is in the bar area, with my sparkling water, and I was just catching up on some emails and my phone in no rush. And they're all, you know, in terms of trying to be attentive, they're all, it'll just be a few more minutes. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm good. I got my sparkling water here. It's a nice vibe. It's a beautiful room. The soundtrack is nice. And I'm just getting some emails done. All fine. And my table was ready much quicker than I thought it would be. And I had uh, these I had these spring rolls. And then they sent out some cucumber appetizer and some pot sticker appetizers. And then I had a fried rice entree, which was with a fried egg on top of it. It was delicious really really good and they sent most of this i only ordered the spring rolls and the um, fried rice they sent all the other stuff out and they sent me this gorgeous dessert which was a sorbet and um was it a sorbet and a custard i can't remember it was delicious it was incredible so they're very generous and kind with me down there and the reason i keep talking about it and the reason i keep going is because I genuinely like it. I'm not trying to kiss anyone's ass. I am generally, I am genuinely excited about this place. And I do, you know, I have this platform, I have a voice and, and I have an audience on social media and that's all fine. But I would not return to this place. I wouldn't keep going to this place. I wouldn't keep talking about it if I weren't such a fan. It's beautifully designed. It's a terrific addition to the New York City food scene. Jean George has always been nothing but gracious with me. And, you know, like, who the fuck am I? Um, so it's very, it's, it's very kind of, that, uh, of him. And Lois, his partner who runs the show down there, with whom I've become friendly, is also very sweet. They're just, they're really nice people. I like the vibe. Um, I have. Every time I go down there, like the experience is just as good, if not better, than the first time. And it keeps getting better. And they're having their grand opening party next week. I can't go because I'm shooting a commercial. Um, uh, but which is, which is a gift. I'm very happy to be getting work. And it's a nice check. And I need it. And that's great. But, um, you know, it'd be lovely to be at that party. But I can't go. Um so tin building, uh, yeah, I talk about it a lot. I talk about, um, uh, uh, like, I get solicit, I, I get solicitations all the time from brands who want me to talk about them on the blog or on social media, like all the time. My inbox is full of it uh, from little PR interns who are hoping that I will give them a mention or throw in a link or something like that. And I don't really like, I don't care. Most of it's stuff that's not in my wheelhouse. 99% of it is stuff like, why are you contacting me about women's brassiere? Like, do your homework. Um, but I talk about stuff that I like, whether it's tin building, whether it's my Brompton bicycle. I, the other day I went off about, on, off in a good way, on Instagram Live about skincare products that I use. Because I'm genuinely 
these are the things that I use and enjoy. You know, I use uh, Bulldog skincare for men, and I also use Malin and Getz for some things. Like, and um, I talk about the things I like because I, I, they were great discoveries. They've solved a problem for me. They do a nice job, and I want to share it with people. And um, that's the deal, really. So that's why I like talking about tin building, and, and I'm so impressed with what. John George and Lois and everybody at the team down there. It's a big team because that's a huge lot of moving parts to that food hall, tin building, and they execute it wonderfully. They really do. So, uh, again, you know, people are going to get sick of hearing it, but I'm recommending tin building if you're ever in town or if you're in that area. Oh, and when I was down there, I saw um, Mike Murphy, uh, who's a political sort of operative kind of a person. He was at Code, at the Code Conference in L.A., and he was on stage doing a talk with, there was a documentary filmmaker with him, and he was um, being interviewed by Preet Bharara and Olivia Nuzzi from New York Magazine. And I asked him a question. I posted it on Twitter and Instagram, asking a question about the future of Trumpism or the Republican Party, really, without Trump as the head of it, like, because he's the star um, it's in my Instagram and Twitter feeds. You can find it there. And it was Mike Murphy who who I was asking the question of, or I should say of whom I was asking the question, and he answered the question. And uh, he was very He said that his wife is a fan of mine, and that was, he, this was very funny. So we took a selfie today, he, um, and that was a nice surprise. Anyway, moving on, beyond the tin building, um, the United Nations General Assembly was in town and in session this week for the first time in person, not virtually, since the pandemic had started. And a lot of complaints among New Yorkers because it locked up traffic, especially around the UN. I mean, obviously, but, uh, you know, I'm on the Upper West Side and I felt the effects of it up here, really, just walking around. I could, I not felt it because it didn't really matter to me and I'll explain why. Um, and I, the first day the General Assembly was open, uh, President Biden was in town and he talked uh, at the Assembly. And so traffic was really locked up on Wednesday. This was Wednesday the 21st. And I was working from, uh, I was working in the office where I used to work. I was in my old job for the day at Dr. Robert Analik's office. He's a cosmetic dermatologist and now a friend of mine my former boss and a friend of mine and I used to be the concierge for his VIP patients and I left almost a year ago but I still fill in when they need me I'm happy to do it because I'm you know he's a friend and I would do a lot for him and I'm happy to do it and Trish who was my replacement sometimes needs a day and if I'm available all too happy to do it. So anyway, I had to work that day. So what's the way I choose to get down to the office? My Brompton, my bike. I rode my bike down to the office, which is in Murray Hill. It's over on 34th Street near 1st Avenue. Not convenient, really. So I rode my bike there and I rode it home during rush hours. Now, obviously, the least effective way to get around on a day like that would be a car and let me just tell you something guys like weather permitting um the bike is always the way to go 
for me, without question. Barring any inclement weather, the bicycle always wins. And on Wednesday, when everybody's bitching and moaning and everybody's late for their appointments because the UN was locking up Manhattan, uh, the bicycle won. I had no complaints, man. My transportation experience around Manhattan, because the bike lanes were open, you know, there were cops everywhere and directing traffic and making sure nobody did anything stupid or crazy. But the bike lanes were open, or if they weren't open, they would re- they were rerouted. It was one place going up First Avenue right by the UN where we went underneath, which I wish was a bike lane. We were under the tunnel, which goes like under the UN or sort of like underneath First Avenue, uh, which is not the typical bicycle route. But it was frictionless. You guys, the bicycle won. And I had serious schadenfreude for people who were stuck in cars, whether in an Uber or driving. I'm like, what did you expect? It's a shit show if you're in a car, even in a bus, because the one thing that makes the bus not great is cars, as I've articulated before. So when the UN's in town and it's in, you know, the General Assembly's in session, it's a shit show. When you're trying to get around the city in a car, what's the solution? The bicycle. It was not only frictionless, it was actually pleasant because it was such a nice day out. Um, Yeah, and I love it. You know, it pisses people off that this closes up the city so much, but it's New York City. We got the UN here. That's amazing. So it 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 was a good day for me anyway. For me? It was a good day. The bicycle wins. Barring inclement weather... The best way to get around and keep that ass in the same place it's been since high school is the bicycle. Boom. That's that. And uh, with that, I'm going to wrap up this episode. Thanks for listening. Um, I hope I didn't bore the shit out of you guys. Uh, but before we go, before I sign off here, I want you to remember, and I'm doing, I'm closing every episode with this. Speaking of the bicycle, we are in a climate crisis. And I want us all to try to do what we can on our own individual levels to help, uh, whether it's recycling, driving less, walking, riding a bicycle, consuming and shopping more consciously, uh, going electric, or uh, eating more plant-based foods. We got it like if we could do our part, don't just rely on the government and corporations to do it, but there are things that we can do as individuals with our behavior and our choices. So let's get into that. Also, more important, uh, or no, no, I don't want to say more important, just as important, we must vote. We absolutely, positively have to turn this shit around in the midterms. Uh, we're weeks away here, eight weeks away. Or is that it? It's almost eight weeks away. Not even. Oh, my God. Um So get your registration in order and help others who might need help with their registration and vote the Republicans out. Our democracy depends on it. And a little extra something on that note, you guys, and this is really important. If you can, get involved with your local elections. Uh, That's a really big way that Republicans are going to try to steal this thing or, you know... um, go with their narrative of trying to stop the steal is is controlling the voting and cheating 
and getting involved with their local elections. So the more people who get involved with their local elections, the better. It's a way that the Republicans are going to want to cheat. So get involved, all right, if you can. Um, So that's it, all right? That's it for this episode of Han Solo. Thanks for listening. And thank you guys for your support on Patreon. Those of you who are supporting, if not, remember you can go to georgehan.com slash support. And uh, you can do a one-time thing there or you can um, subscribe on Patreon. And the thing about Patreon is that I do exclusive content like this podcast and some short videos and some written content. There's some exclusive stuff I do just for the Patreon people as a thank you. So thank you in advance for those of you who are about to subscribe and support. And thank you already for the people who are already signed up. So thanks. Uh, You can catch up with me on my website at georgehan.com. I'm also on TikTok at georgehanNYC. And I'm on Instagram and Twitter at georgehan. And in real life, I'm George Han. Thanks again. I'll talk to you soon.